Hello. Um, Hello. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was saying every time. <laughs> Can't help it. It's automatic. It's automatic. Somebody's speaking to you down the end of a microphone. <laughs> Welcome to uh, another episode of We Are Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I shall be your host this evening. And uh, tonight's episode is going to be called Out of the Chaos, A Wild Shopkeeper Appears. Now, I know why it's called that. And you will know why it's called that. Because uh, joining me tonight, we have uh, Tracy from Chaos Cards. So, uh, hello, Tracy. Hello. And how are you this evening? Are you well? I'm very well, thank you. Yourself? I'm good. I'm. I've been looking forward to this for a while. Um, oh, lovely! <laughs> now, um, <laughs> for anybody listening for the first time, the reason that we do that do this is because uh, there's not enough podcasts out there about board games, and the other reason that we do this is because there's not enough podcasts where we're talking to retailers, basically. Which was one of the reasons I decided. I was looking back over everybody that we've spoken to, and we've spoken to board game designers, we've spoken to people involved in Kickstarters, we've spoken to um, large businesses involved in um, creating board games, and we've also spoken to some kind of well known designers as well. And so these are all people that are involved in the creative process, but we'd never really spoken to anybody that's involved in actually getting them to Mr. or Mrs. Joe Public at the end of the day. So that's why we've got, um, that's why we've asked uh, Tracy along to have a little chat with us um, because you work for um, Chaos Cards. Yes, that's right, I do. And and how long have you been, how long have you been with them for? Uh, a little bit over a year now. Cool. And uh, and you enjoying it so far? Uh, loving it, yeah. Of course absolutely. you are. Because uh, you kind of do a mixture you're um you're mostly the person that does the social do the social media, so you're involved in the kind of the was it the Twitters and the Facebooks, but you also do quite a lot of the get involved in quite a lot of the the YouTube videos. Is that right? Yeah, that that's right. Yeah, I um I'm the one who checks all the Facebook messages, posts on Facebook, posts on Twitter. Uh, I write the newsletters and the blog articles, uh, most of the blog articles anyway. Um, and yeah, when I can, when we have time, I'll do some YouTube videos as well. <laughs> so you're kind of like the voice, the voice <laughs> of reason, and you're also probably the per- the person that deals with everybody's probably with a lot of our stupid tweets. To be honest, well, I, no, I don't mean the collective people out there. I mean probably any tweets that are coming from from ourselves. Um, as normal, though, I mean we'll obviously we'll go on to talk about uh, talk a little bit more about um, chaos. Kind of interested in. Um, this sounds like a lot of people would say what you are involved in social media on to do with board games is you know that sounds like the kind of the the kind of a, an ideal job for a lot of people. So 
I mean, what's your? I mean, we you do like to you know we look like to look back in the past as well as looking at the present and then kind of looking a little bit in the future. So, um, we always like to find out a little bit about kind of like your history of the hobby. So, if you want to just tell us a little bit about your history. Um. Well. Um. How I got into in board games and tabletop gaming, that sort of thing. Yes. Um. Actually, it was through theatre. Oh. Okay. Is, yeah. Um. I basically, I've always um, really enjoyed um, acting, and I was a member of an amateur dramatics group when I was a teenager. And they'd have like uh, weekly meetings where everyone would come together and, and do a bit of improvisation and rehearsals and what have you. And um, one evening I happened to overhear someone talking about a, a vampire game, which turned out to be a live action role play. And I got into that first, which is probably kind of backwards. I imagine most people get into the tabletop stuff first. Mm-hmm. But um, going from the live action role play, then I found out about the tabletop role play. And then I found out about things like Warhammer and other miniatures games. And eventually I actually started playing board games and card games as well. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so um, what was the, I mean, with the live action stuff, was there quite a few live action games that you that you played then were you because uh, be, i guess hanging around the kind of the theater group did that mm-hmm. become become like the popular game of choice then uh yeah there was um a fair few people who were members of the theater group who were also really into it and um, they'd meet up themselves on a fairly regular basis and um, one of them would run off run a a one-off live action game of Usually the White Wolf ones, Vampire the Masquerade, or um, mm. Were- Werewolf the, I think it was Apocalypse, the first one. Yeah. Stuff like that. So what would you, I mean, was there any particular roles you enjoyed getting your teeth into, I guess? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm, I've always been a huge horror fan, so I love the White Wolf stuff, still do. Um, Vampire is my favourite one, and pretty much anything, to be honest. And did you did you play the vampires or were you kind of like the the victim or something like that? What would you prefer to play? Or did you mix um, them around? Was it did it matter? Uh, well, chiefly, uh, Vampire Masquerade is is the whole you, you play the vampires. They're uh-huh. in a secret vampire society. It's hidden from mortal view. That kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, so everyone was playing vampires, and there were certain different types of vampires you could play. Um, I usually chose the the ones that were most like humans. And some of them, okay. some of them are really like monstrous and and ugly and 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 horrible, and other ones were more like your kind of Anne Rice, hiding in plain sight kind of vampires. Did you um obviously being surrounded by the? I mean, I've I used to do kind of musicals as well, so mm. um a lot. But did everybody really get into it? Were there people that actually kind of dressed up for the part, or was it kind of kind of all plain clothes? Um. The first ones that I went to, um, generally people just wore whatever they were wearing during the day. It was um, because they were one-off characters and one-off games. No one made a huge amount of effort with the costume. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it's still a hobby that I do today. I still love my live-action role-plays. So um, I go to bigger ones where they uh, the game carries on You know, every month or every few months. However, often they hold events. And some of the effort that people go to in some of those is phenomenal. They're just some amazing costumes and some amazing dedication to the game out there. Do you ever do? Do you ever like get dressed up yourself? Then do you go kind of vamped out and white faced <laughs> up? And... Um, to an extent, yeah. <laughs> I, I, 
<laughs> I really do love dressing up for for the characters. Um, yeah. More so for the fantasy live action role play that I go to rather than the vampires games oh, because cool. the vampire games are modern knights. You just you can just wear plain clothes to be honest, and you're in costume. But all oh, um, right, okay. But yeah, there's there's fantasy role play ones out there as well, and I go to those and. People, they turn up in play armor, they turn up in these amazing robes. It's just, it's fantastic, to be honest, some of the effort that people go to. What can, and I really do enjoy it. What about yourself? What do you, what do you go as? Have you got like a character of choice that you, you know, next to the kind of the, the jacket and the normal boots, you've got like a set of like armor plated <laughs> <laughs> chain mail and you've got like a, a broadsword sitting at the side next to the ironing board or anything like that? <laughs> well, uh, uh, chainmail's a bit too heavy for me. My armor's all leather. <laughs> all right, okay, cool. So you do. But, so who, who would you normally go as then? Um, mainly my main character at the moment is is actually a fey character. Um, oh, really? So I've got um, I've got little little horns and pointy ears and and um, everything's very kind of uh, fantastical regarding like my armor and stuff. It's all quite swirly and elaborate, and it's very pretty. Have you got a sword? <laughs> Uh, yes, got, you have. Uh, yes, sword and shield. That's awesome. So, did you make? <laughs> did you? Uh, no, because this kind of stuff we we've not talked about before. So this is you know. Oh really? People, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, this is the whole oh. point of we're not wizards. As as we say, we we try. We just people that haven't heard of this type of stuff. You know, we you know you can talk about settlers of Catan until everybody just goes, "Will you leave Catan alone?" <laughs> <laughs> but stuff like this. So did you did you order the sword or did you go the whole hog and have you made it? Or oh, did I you? wish I could make them. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't make them. I um I I bought mine, but um Wow. I bet there's people though that go all out and they actually have kind mm-hmm. of put together their own shields and stuff. Oh yeah, I know a fair few people. I know people who make the weapons, I know people who make the armour. Okay. Um like I said, people get really into it and really into making their own stuff as well. So, is there like a whole? I mean, is there like? I mean, on a normal event, is there like fifty of you? Is there like more than that? I mean, is there? You know, I'm genuinely curious about this because I can imagine just like it being like kind of like you know twenty, thirty, forty people all meeting and getting involved in these kind of role playing. Is that kind of what it's like? Yeah. Um, it depends entirely on which systems you go to. I mean, the uh, the fantasy uh, LARP I go to is a small system, and that's about fifty to a hundred people on an average event. But there wow. are there are gigantic systems um, like um, Empire, which is mm. one of the main ones in the UK, and they'll have thousands of people on the field at any one time. Have you ever been tempted to go along to something like that then, or are you quite happy doing what you're doing just now? Um, it's something I'd like to give a try, but to be honest, I think I'm happier in a smaller group. You kind of get to know everyone, and it's yeah. it's a lot more. It's easier to get into into the real the action and the plot of the game. Yeah, I, I suppose, and also getting into character because I guess if you're surrounded by people you don't know, even if everybody else is dressed up, you know, to the nines. Yeah, I guess there's a little bit of realm of I don't know these people, so I'm maybe not going into kind of full full character. I guess so. If it's people you know, I guess you can just relax to them and go, "Hello, let me cut you up," <laughs> kind of thing. Or, let us yeah. forge to the north. And I don't know what people say. I'm just making an absolute idiot of myself, <laughs> kind of saying stuff like that. But 
Um, so you continue. I mean, you obviously you continuing to do that. Um, for the, I mean, is there is there next? When's the next big event? I mean, is this generally something that you do over the summer months only? Um, um the outdoor larps, the fantasy larps, most definitely they start. I think the earliest ones, um, the bravest ones, start in like February. Mm. But um, they usually the the main larp season is about April to the end of October usually. And does that mean you're always going for like the slightly nice kind of warm armor? Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, well, you know, the kind of general fantasy armor, and it's like you'll catch your death wearing that. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're like that. Yes. Nope. I've got a big jumper. I've got my armor on top of it. Yes, um, my character does wear mittens, and there's possibly a nice woolen balaclava. This on the side. <laughs> No, it's not a quill for my arrows. It's a thermos from a hot chocolate. <laughs> so, oh, it's so. always good to have a thermos hidden somewhere. <laughs> that sounds good. So, um, <clears throat> that aside, you mentioned that you you kind of got into obviously the tabletop and uh, mm-hmm. and other sides. Did you scale back from say the LARPing into sitting around a table role play mm-hmm. game then type of thing? Yeah, that was that was the next thing that really caught my attention, and again, uh-huh. it's something that I still do. Okay. Um, we've got a regular group that comes over, and um, we we play all sorts of um, tabletop RPGs. We've played Shadowrun, yeah, D and D, Call of Cthulhu, um, <laughs> just like everything. The White Wolf ones. <laughs> What's your favourite? I mean, out of the like your Shadowrun and your D and D and Cthulhu, have you got like a favourite between those ones that you you would roll out? I mean, is I guess is there a is there like a, a go to system that you will always you know you'll always prefer to play over anything else? Well, I am I am a horror fan at heart, so it would probably be um, Vampire the Masquerade or Call of Cthulhu. Right. Okay. I I can't get enough of those games, to be honest. And have you I got play them all day? Have you got? <laughs> Have you got a game going at the moment that you're currently a campaign that you're kind of running on at the moment? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, at the moment I'm actually I'm actually um, the dungeon master for um, we're doing Curse of Strahd for fifth edition D and D. All right. Okay. So how's Which how's is, that working out? Um, pretty well. Pretty well. Yeah. It's um, it's a great campaign. I mean, obviously I I'm running it, so I've read the book cover to cover. <laughs> I know exactly what's. So what's it, is in a, store. it is a great campaign, and if you don't think it's a great campaign, oops, you be role perception, <laughs> and you better do a wisdom save because you're about yeah. to fall, fall down a flight of stairs onto some magic spikes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, we had, I mean, a couple of few episodes ago, we had um, the guys from A Quest for Magic and Steel, and they. They were running a kind of a podcast of D and D that they were, you know, they they record it kind of every week, but they generally don't, they don't have a lot of um, combat, and they kind of um, they kind of concentrate on the world building side of things. I mean, when you're when you're you're being the kind of I guess the dungeon the DM at the moment. What kind of campaign would you prefer to run? I mean, do you like kind of throwing things at people left, right, and center, or do you prefer to kind of let the be more story driven? Well, I mean, personally, I prefer story over rolling dice, but mm. um, I think with with D and D in particular, it's it's geared towards people getting their fights and and getting to roll their dice and, and mm-hmm. test their their stats. Mm-hmm. So um, it's not something that I would ever completely rule out. Yeah. Do you kind of 
I mean, when you're when you're doing that, do you kind of almost kind of say, okay, it's a six-hour session today, so I want to spend at least, you know, they want to at least be at least three or four encounters where the where the guys are tested, or do you just kind of say, okay, we'll see how they go. This session's got to be more story-driven because we've got to get further on in the quest. I think it depends on depends on what's happening, I guess. Mm. Yeah, okay. yeah, it does. It's okay. um, I mean, the last um game that I ran that. They managed to. Uh, the The party was given an escort quest, and they did it so well, with with so so many so many precautions taken, and so much thought given to how they were going to keep these people they were escorting safe that they they avoided every single fight that I had laid out for them. <laughs> were you just like they're probably saying, Tracy, what's wrong with you? And it was like nothing. It's fine. <laughs> no, that's no? it. No, it was really impressive. I was I was very <laughs> impressed with with how they did. That's it. No, you hand out the hot chocolate and all those thermoses you've got prepared. Don't worry. I'll just put away. I'll just put away my icy blasts that I had <laughs> that I had prepared for you. So, um, the I mean, with the LARPing and then with the role playing game stuff, do you prefer the the D Do you prefer an RPG over, say, like the tabletop stuff? Then I mean, or again, are you? I mean, are you the type of person who be in terms of your tabletop stuff, I mean, what kind of stuff do you like kind of playing with that then? Um, I definitely prefer the stuff with a story. Um, mm. Things like, um, well, my my current favourite is Mansions of Madness. All right, okay. Um, and I suppose on that note, I also much prefer the cooperative games. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, things like Mansions of Madness, things like Dead of Winter. Yes. Um, actually, any of the um, Arkham Horror games... I really love those. They're fantastic. Um, what's um, go- what's Mansion of Madness all about? Because I've, um, um, if you were explaining it to the to the folks at home, hello folks uh, at home, um, <laughs> is how would you explain it to people? Um, um well, it's um, it's based on the 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 Lovecraft mythos and uh, Call of Cthulhu, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. and it's pretty much a cooperative kind of a, a little mini role-playing scenario game where you um, you pick your characters and you're put in usually a mansion but not always a mansion mm-hmm. and you have to investigate look for clues find survivors uh, kill monsters and um, find out what you have to do to win the scenario basically so in a way it's kind of like a RPG in a box is it? I mean, do you does somebody take the role of the of the DM then? Do they look after proceedings, or is it kind of procedurally generated? Um, well, the original Mansions of Madness, there was a keeper who had to set out the um, the map and um, sort out what monsters popped up where. But actually, the second edition, which only came out this year, has yeah, yeah. all that done with an app. Oh, okay. So yeah, is it? So it's is quite it, nifty. Who is it that does it? Is it Fantasy Flight? Fantasy Flight, yeah. Because I think did they not they did XCOM last mm-hmm. year and they had an they had an app released for um XCOM to um I guess calculate and do a lot of stuff. It helped kinda of like times and brought in events and stuff like that. So uh, does it act like a, almost like a does the app act like like an AI? So is it telling you what to do and when to expect things and how how does it work? 
Um, just like that, actually. Yeah. Um, it's right. um, it's a good, it's g- good guess then. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, I love it. I could go on about it all day. It's. Um, well, that's fine because it, you know one of the things we like to do on the podcast is as that's why I'm asking you to talk about it because I've not heard <laughs> about it. So, you know, there's maybe other people that are interested to find out find out about it. So, yeah. yeah what does what's what's the app do? Um, it does pretty much everything. All you need to do before you turn it on is pick your characters mm-hmm. and then you, you put into the app which characters you've chosen, which scenario you want to play through and it will tell you which map tiles to put down first. It'll tell you where to put tokens uh, denoting where there's a, a door to look through or clues to find. Um, as you go through each room, it then tells you which to put down the next tile, whatever that might be. Mm. It'll tell you if a monster pops up. It tells you what happens during the mythos phase, which is when the game gets to do nasty things to your characters. Okay. Um, and it even provides music and a bit of narration at the beginning and the end to get you into the kind of the feeling of the scenario. It's just a fantastic little app. And is it, and something, is it something that's on like a phone or is it better actually on like something like a tablet or something? Definitely better on a bigger screen, so I'd definitely recommend a tablet for it rather than ah, a phone. Cool, cool. Is the app free then, or do you have to? It is, yeah. Oh, that's good, because it'd be nothing worse than having to pay the <laughs> 40 or 50 quid for the game and then discovering you've got to shell out another 15 quid to get an app that's going to work with it as well. You'd be like, yeah, what? There'd be Cthulhu, uh, Cthulhu levels of rage. And lots of tentacles are floating about <laughs> the place. Um, you mentioned Dead of Winter. Um, we, you know, we really need to stop talking about Dead of Winter because we keep talking <laughs> about it all the time. But um, we'll, so we'll have to move on from Dead of Winter. Otherwise, we're going to get investigated by the Dead of Winter police. I think <laughs> is you know, in fairness. Um, but is there anything else that you've been playing as well? Um. um... What else do I play? Quite a lot, actually. I'm I dabble in magic. I'm not I'm not the best magic player. I won't lie. I'm pretty bad at the deck building side of it. So that kind of stymies me a bit. I've um, still not played magic yet. <laughs> I, it's fun. I I tell you what, right? We had, and this is going into kind of like people that haven't listened to the show. There is an ongoing magic thing that is now happening, which is going on, jumping between episodes now. And uh, I bought the Kaladesh deck because I saw it and it was going really cheap and I went, ah, why not? Mm-hmm. And it sat there and I still haven't played it and I feel really, really bad. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I've kind of, but um, on the other side of it, I also, I've also been playing, I played a little bit of Pokemon with my son again. So that's ah. made me feel even bad because he keeps saying that magic is very, very similar to how Pokemon works. So uh, Yeah, it is. Yeah, so it's making me feel even worse about it. But, um, <laughs> do you? I mean, is do you have a lot? Do you? Are you the type of person that collects the ma- collects magic? Do you have a, quite a few decks, or is it something you kind of you've got a couple of decks kicking about, and you can are you quite interested in that? Or um, well, as I say, I'm not very good at building decks. Um, I've got a fair few cards, but I'm not an avid collector. Um, generally I'll just try and get enough cards to make whatever deck I'm interested in at the time and uh-huh. leave it at that. Okay. Okay. And is there anything else that you've kind of got to the table recently at all that you've kind of really, really liked apart from Mansions of Madness and Dead of Winter? Um, I bet there's tons, isn't there? I bet there's so many. Every day is like Christmas. <laughs> it's like really? that. What are we opening today? Let's open this. Let's see what it's like. Ooh, yeah. components. 
kind of thing. Ooh, look at the artwork on that card. So, <laughs> is um no, I mean, is there anything you've played recently that you've? I guess this is the other thing. Is there anything that you have seen that you've thought, oh yeah, I've got to get me some of this kind of thing? Uh, yeah, I've had I had a few goes at Mysterium recently around a friend's house, and I really need to own that one and the expansion. Um, I've played I've, I've played both now. But, um, oh really? Oh. Yeah, yeah. We actually talked about it. I think it was like the first, the first or second episode of the, the podcast that we ever did. Ah. And Colin is still convinced that I don't like Mysterium. And this will be. <laughs> now let me just check. This will be the seventeenth time I have now gone on record to say that actually I really do like Mysterium. And I've also played the expansion. And Colin, please get off my back. And just saying because I had the first thing, I thought it was something else that it should have been, doesn't mean I hate a game. Thank you. But no, um, the good thing about Mysterium is is, it's it's really, really good fun. It's also so left of field in the ways you can go with it as well. It's kind of like... It is lovely, and um, I mean, is that? I mean, I don't know. It's really close to Christmas. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> so maybe you could ask, um, you know, you could ask the powers that be. <laughs> oh yes, I have a list. Do you? <laughs> I do. What else? It's... What else is on the list? Um, let's see. What else is on there? There's a bit of Malifaux. All right. Um, okay. Going dipping into the miniatures gaming. Yes. Um, London Dread, I like the look of that. All right, okay. Um, I also uh, going back to the Cthulhu stuff again. I really would like to try out the new Arkham Horror card game. That sounds very cool. I've heard, um, yeah. I mean, I've heard a lot. I've heard people going to go. What they don't like about Arkham Horror is the length of time it takes to set up, and the Arkham mm-hmm. Horror card game seems to have taking that horrible stuff and kind of thrown it to one side and made it a little bit more accessible, but I haven't had chance to kind of actually actually see it mm. itself. Um, but yeah, I've heard, you know, I've heard kind of good things. Um, is there anything else that you've seen that you think, hmm, I've got to get my hand on this? I'm very interested in the Dark Souls game when that finally gets released. Did you back it? I didn't dare back it. No? I would have spent far too much really? money. <laughs> That's a surprise. Mm. I know everybody seems to have backed it, but uh, I I could see myself spending far too much money on that. So I, I have restrained myself so far. You haven't backed it at all. Did you not, put in a pound? Yet. Did you put a pound in so you could put get it later on then? I didn't know. I missed that one. Oh, didn't you? Okay. Mm. Okay. Okay. Why, I mean, okay, so here's a question, because we have had a few um, Dark Souls people on here who really, oh, really okay. like the game. Yeah, so we had, um, um, we've had um, my mate Jeremy Greer, who um, runs a Dark Souls podcast called Don't Give Up Skeleton, which is all about how people got into Dark Souls. And we've also had Gary Butterfield from uh, Bonfireside Chat, so he's been on as well. Um, what... Okay, so here's the question. Are you more interested in the Dark Souls game for the game, or are you more interested in it because you're going to be able to have a tiny little Sif on your desk? <laughs> and a little Artorius as well on your desk. And a little um, a little gaping dragon 
and everybody else on your desk. Well, I am a sucker for good miniatures, but I have to say I'm really intrigued as to how they're going to put the uh, the video game play in on a board game uh, format. I've heard a lot about how it's going to be just as mean and difficult as the as the computer games, so I'm interested to see how that turns out. Yeah, yeah, I think. Uh, uh, do you know what the only thing that does concern me is that they have kind of said. They've kind of said, what's Dark Souls about? Oh, it's about it being mean and difficult. <laughs> and if if you, you know, and if you've probably put a lot of hours into Dark Souls like anyone is, is it once you kind of get past it or learn how everything kind of works in it, it's not, it's fair and not horrifically difficult. It's just mm. kind of, you get punished for obvious mistakes and you can kind of, well, you know, if you're a Dark Souls fan, you've probably seen the Soul Level One runs and everything like that. You know, you've probably seen, you've probably seen that. Wow. So I'm just wondering. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just wondering how they're gonna. But yeah, I'm, I'm equally intrigued as to how they're gonna make a game that doesn't follow kind of traditional combat as such. Mm. How they're gonna make that work and how they're gonna make the souls work. And I don't know. I wouldn't. I kind of. <clears throat> excuse me. I kind of I don't know if I want to be in Steamforge shoes at the moment because the expectation <laughs> levels must be huge. It must almost be like being um, Bandai Namco releasing Dark Souls three and just pressing the button and sending them out there and and hearing what the reviews are all going to be about. So, mm. um, so you, you're just going to have to wait until that pops up at um, pops up at retail. Do you think? Uh, yeah, most likely. And so I'm not too worried about missing it. That's uh, one of the uh, benefits of working for a gaming company. <laughs> this is what I was going to ask you. Know. And Tracy, if you were going to go and pick up a copy of Dark Souls the board game, where is it you'd possibly pick up a copy of Dark Souls the board game? <laughs> I think I'd probably go to Chaos Cards. <laughs> you'd, probably, you'd probably just knock on the door of the warehouse and say, right, I'm having this. Yep. <laughs> and I'm having this. <laughs> and I'm having the Dark Root expansion. And I'll be taking that. <laughs> Um, it gets to the point where my boss just puts things on my desk now. Really? He, he knows the sort of things that I'd be interested in. Oh, I'll, I'll go into work and there'll be a new D&D or Call of Cthulhu book on my desk. You know, and obviously what we have to do, <laughs> this is going to sound so bad, but to avoid advertising, we have to say that other kind of retail places are available. But, you know, oh, that's fine. <laughs> of course. Of course, <laughs> we have to say that. Um, otherwise we'll get lots of people shouting at us um, but it is interesting because obviously one of the things, as I say, one of the reasons I asked you guys on was quite simply we haven't had somebody in the retail sector and because we're kind of entering, we seem to be in this wonderful, we keep saying it, this golden kind of age of board games and everybody's into it and playing it um, <clears throat> in chaos, you know, even places, places like yourself, have you seen you know, in the time in the time you've been there, have you seen kind of like is are things just getting busier and busier? Are there more? Are there more games coming on board? Is it you know? Do you need to do you need to get a bigger warehouse? I mean, how's it how's it been even over the last year? Would you say? Um, well, I know that when I started, they had literally just moved into a bigger warehouse, and <laughs> about now they're um, they're looking into trying to find more storage space. So yeah, they're definitely expanding. And, Very um, quickly, <laughs> and and with you being involved in the like the social media side of things, 
have you noticed kind of just general interest, people getting in contact with you, people engaging you with you about kind of games and stuff like that? Has that kind of, I take it, well, let's look at it this way. You've got a job doing social media for a company that sells board games. I'm guessing mm-hmm. that the answer to that question is yes, it is, Richard. Stop being so silly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we get a lot of a lot of questions over the social media every single day. So and I mean, it's nice. We yeah. kind of get to chat with our customers a little bit, which is is good because because we're purely online at the moment. We it, there's that kind of that separation. So having Facebook and Twitter is is really nice to to kind of close the gap a little bit. I guess otherwise, I guess it gives you the public. I guess it gives you the public face because normally you would just be dealing with kind of like email inquiries mm. from from the customers. I mean, in Working in the, um, I mean, working there, is there kind of like games that everybody's kind of currently maybe talking about? Is there any kind of buzz going for any particular games at the moment that, you know, you know as soon as the stock comes in that most of the staff are going to be wanting to get their hands on a copy of it? I mean, is there anything at the moment that... Um, the Arkham Horror card game, actually. Um, really? Yeah, that... Um, that... There were a few, fair few copies that that didn't get put on the website for that one because people were instantly, no, oh, I'm buying it, I'm buying it now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like that, we're going to need to get another shipment. It's like yeah. phoning up the phoning up the supply. Um, yeah, we need another. Um, we need another fifty fifty over because they've they've all gone. Uh, did they go on display? Um, no, they never even got out of the truck. To be honest, before <laughs> before before the staff were buying them for for everybody. I mean, um. There's obviously there'll be the normal stuff that comes in and comes out. Um, is there kind of like a cave of wonder in chaos cards that you know the boss comes in after you've been there a couple of months and go here we go this is our collection that we've kind of held back or is it purely about shifting the stuff? I mean, is there kind of like first edition copies of Space Hulk kicking around? Is there anything that the that the management have kind of special editions of or copies that they keep locked away there is a a card vault as it is called it's not actually a vault it's a it's a drawer but um it's it's where um you could have built up to be so much more there's a vault and it's guarded by an angry pensioner called bill you need to go near him with a custard cream every tuesday it's a drawer. Yeah, it's just a drawer. But it's, it's um it's where we keep all the really expensive like magic cards really? or um Pokemon cards or what have you, the the big money cards that we occasionally manage to get hold of. I mean they all go on the website but mm. um they don't get stored in the warehouse with the rest of the cards. What have you what's the most expensive kind of card and or game that you have seen so far? Oh gosh! Uh... This is when the questions start to get trickier. By the end, we'll be going into calculus and algebra. <laughs> um, that I've personally seen, there yes. were some of the uh, expedition lands from Battle of Zendikar, the Magic: The Gathering set, um, which was about a year ago actually, um, and we had some of the ones that were fetching. I think they were fetching close to a hundred pounds, possibly really? a little bit more, for a bit of cardboard. Mm. This is and, when uh, this is when I show I don't get magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a, we had a few of those come in, so they got quite safely locked away until um, someone decided they were going to buy them. But um, 
I know that they can get uh, the magic cards at least can certainly get a lot more valuable than that, but I haven't seen any of the really no. really big value ones. Is there like a like a little personal collection that they've got in the office that they say, okay, here's this, here's that, here's this, or is it just the fable drawer of cards? <laughs> um, well, every now and then someone will bring their personal collection in and, and try and trade cards with, with other people. That happens quite regularly. Is there Most any... people there are Magic fans. Really? Yeah. That's so, I mean, that's... It must be so cool just walking in and saying, right, I'm going to trade this, I'm going to trade this, and the management are looking on and going, yep, that's fine as long as you're kind of replenishing the stock afterwards by buying <laughs> buying some cards back off us, you know, as well. That'd mm. be quite cool. Um, one of the things I've got to ask is um, one of the, well, as I say, we've had guys from kind of Kickstarter on and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What's the kind of the thoughts about, you know, kind of kickstarter when you see all these campaigns i mean dark souls is destined for retail i'm pretty Mm. sure it'll be you know you guys will will probably end up um selling it at some point Mm. i mean is there a general feel about kind of like kickstarter is it something that you would just you know yeah i mean is there a general feel about kickstarter are there thoughts on it or is it just something that you sometimes will touch on if the games come to come to retail or is it just something you leave kind of well alone um we definitely keep an eye on on the uh the bigger games that come up on kickstarter and it's great when we find one that has like a retailer pledge Mm -hmm. um we quite often get in on those um if they don't it's a little trickier but we certainly do keep an eye out for them and Mm -hmm. and try and catch them when they come into retail Mm -hmm. it's a really good way of just gauging how popular a game is going to be and Hmm. how much interest that there's going to be in it from the very beginning. Okay, so are there games... I've just... Another question just popped in my head. Are there games that you have... that you have seen kind of seem to sell or become very, very popular, which you think are a bit kind of... they're not that brilliant kind of thing? When you see them... Um, Here's another 27 copies of Soul Today and you're like, why would anybody buy that? It's not that brilliant. I mean, is there... Any games like that, which you've seen, which you go, hmm, I don't know, disappointment looms, kind of thing. Um, not that I can think of actually. I can't think of anything that's that has struck me like that. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, is there games which are like hen's teeth, which are just really, really difficult to get to? That as soon as they come in the door, they're pretty much back out the door again. Oh yeah, definitely. Any any of the um, the new X Wing stuff goes really very quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once it's in, it's out again. It's and um, actually, Arkham Horror again. I keep going back to Arkham Horror, don't I? <laughs> it's, this one. is like a hint. <laughs> so what to do? Just like see, once we've recorded this and we've finished it off, yeah. Um, what we'll do is we will just we'll record it and then um, you'll just get your boss the boss to listen to it again and again and again and it'd be like Tracy wants Arkham Horror <laughs> Tracy wants Arkham Horror subliminal messages I promise that Fantasy Flight are not paying me money for this <laughs> no. hey, listen it's not you guys it's not you that gets in trouble it's me <laughs> what's the main what, what's the main what's the main boss's name uh, Tony Tony Tracy really wants the Arkham Horror card game, okay? 
See, and we can put that in subliminally, so you'll listen to it, we go like that, oh, here you go. And you'll, you'll end up with five copies on your desk. It could end up like The Sorcerer's Apprentice, where every single time he goes past the shelf with Ar- <laughs> the Arkhamora card game, he puts another one on you until you've got about 50 copies surrounding you while you're trying to like do work and kind of like do, kind of like do um kind of like youtube videos as well um i mean what's the what's the atmosphere like in the place i mean is it is there a ticket is there a lot of it kind of excitement is it like good fun is it kind of like high energy and stuff like that as well or is it i mean is it always like it's coming up to christmas obviously is this like the really really busy time for you guys it is, yeah. It's insanely busy, and it seems to have already started. Actually, that we've got so many orders to put out, but um, it's uh, it's a really great place to work. Actually, in respect to the fact that everyone there is a gamer, absolutely everyone, and we don't all play mm-hmm. the same game. Most of us do play Magic to some extent or other, but generally, uh, pretty much any kind of game that you want to think of, there'll be someone working at Chaos Cards who plays that kind of game which is really helpful and um really interesting there's always someone you can turn to to say what's this all about mm-hmm. what do you think of this mm-hmm. um if someone if a customer asks for a recommendation or, or for some help with uh, one game or other there's always someone that, that i can turn to and just get a bit of information from if i don't have it myself that must have been an interesting interview because was it kind of like sk- structured around well tell us was it like this was it tell us about <laughs> your game and history and then tell us what you're playing and then tell us what you would like to play oh and by the way do you know how Twitter works <laughs> 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 could you do what you like uh, uh, could you do Facebook and uh, could you also do some YouTube videos and uh, would you like a copy of Arkham Horror because there's some voice in the back of my head telling me to give you another one <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty much like that actually. Was it? All right. Yeah, okay. apart from the Arkham Horror bit. All right. It's unfortunate I'm not <laughs> able. I'm unfortunately not able to kind of offer you any job, or <laughs> or anything uh, at the end of this chat. Um, you know, um, I can't even offer you Arkham Horror either, which is a bit, um, you know. But um, I know, I know, um, I know some people that can. Um, I mean, one of the things, um, one of the things that um, Chaos are doing is is the the retail store which for yes. me is kind of strange and kind of not strange at the same time because when you first told me you know before when we had in our chat and when we had our, we were having our chat over email and you said oh we're doing a retail premises mm. there was part of me that thought are they having a laugh but then <laughs> there was part of me i mean have you um, where you are, is there any other kind of other kind of like other tabletop cafes already on the go? Um, not so much. No, there is. Um, there's one place which is called the Twisted Cauldron, and everyone should go there because you know, right. we don't want to. We 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 want to have a friendly competition when we finally do get to open up. But um, mm. um, they're a very small local uh, gaming group and store, and they've got a lovely atmosphere and a lovely bunch of guys play there. And I've been down there myself a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it is at the moment; it's pretty much just them. But we're hoping that um, the local area is going to be big enough, and there'll be enough gamers that we'll both be able to happily coexist. Yes. So what? I mean, 
what I mean, you've you obviously you're moving back into retail. You've gone mm-hmm. from online, and I guess kind of ten, fifteen years ago, there would have been a lot of people jumping from having a retail store into online. With kind of like, I mean, were you is the decision behind that? Has that been discussed with you guys as to why you're doing it? I mean, is this are you going to be involved in the new retail store? Are you still going to be involved? doing what you're doing just now um, I mean is it in the same place is it a completely different place to to where you're based just now it's uh, it's still uh, in the same town where we're currently based which is uh, Folkestone down in the southeast of England um, alright okay and uh, the, the general idea behind it um, as I understand it from what I've been uh, told in, in discussions with the with the directors is that uh, having a, an actual bricks and mortar store was part of their original ambition and it's something that they've only recently really felt that they could um, afford to branch into. So that's really cool. It's really nice that they've um, managed to yeah. get to that point. It's testament to how popular the the hobby has become. That mm. uh, I guess like a, a, an online retailer can say, "Okay, we've got our online retail. That's sorted out. We're kind of sustainable." How do we kind of make it more community driven? Because I guess online's fantastic, but as we, as we've certainly said, um, online gaming seems to be a very, very kind of singular kind of activity. Whereas a tabletop game, you can have eight or nine people round the table, having a really good laugh, having a really good chat, just socially interacting with each other, as well. Um, <clears throat> so for you to, I guess you guys are almost kind of coming kind of full circle back into a kind of a bricks and mortar type establishment is there going to be i take it's not just going to be a shop i mean what's the what's the kind of the plans for the place oh well we're um planning to run loads of events there um we're going to start off with uh magic events like friday night magic and that sort of thing and pre-release events and such like and we want to also run things like x-wing um board game events we want to run possibly things like uh, pokemon events pretty much anything that our customers want us to run we would like to run them all right we, okay we want to be like this gaming kind of uh, community not just not just a shop is there going to be is there going to be coffee yes definitely <laughs> is i mean this is the the big question i mean this is for me and this will decide whether or not i actually come down and and visit the shop is are you going to be having any kind of gluten-free um, chocolate muffins or biscuits or anything along those lines? I really hope so. Really hope so. We're um, we're going to have uh, snacks and uh, hot and cold drinks available um, as can... soon as possible. Okay, okay. Tony, gluten-free Tony. <laughs> there you go. It's just an hour quick. He won't even notice. He'll be going out and he'll be hitting... He'll be hitting Tesco's in the gluten-free aisle. He'll be coming back with like rolls and stuff, and he'll not have the slightest idea as to why he's got a packet of like gluten-free custard creams on his desk. He'll have a quite confused look, and he'll say, "Things have been weird since that podcast that you did, Tracy. Let's have a chat about it." Uh, um, I mean, is it? I think it's going to be a reasonable size. Is it, um, you know? Yeah, it's um, it's pretty big actually. It's got um, two floors mm. and um, 
the the bottom floor is um i mean at the moment it's just an empty shop it's just completely mm. gutted but we're thinking about maybe putting in extra room so there can be a bit of private gaming space if mm. people want to to um, maybe hire it out or such like I mean we've got lots of ideas at the moment and we're not sure mm. exactly which ones are going to stick but um, yeah there's loads of room so we should get a fair few tables in there we might even be able to stretch to doing some of the uh, bigger uh, tournaments for things like Magic maybe X-Wing um, it's just got loads of potential just we're lots very of excited. and are the guys are any of the guys that are based in the main office now are they going to be kind of I guess relocating to get involved in the new the retail premises as well. Uh, most likely, yeah. I mean, um, I'm actually lined up to be the manager for the store, which is incredible. Oh, exciting. okay. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> said that. All right, that's kind of that is kind of cool. Yeah, that nothing. is kind of cool. So if I come down and there is chocolate gluten free brownies on there, um, oh. it'll be it'll be your fault. And if there's not, then it'll be your fault. Basically, uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> What's um? When's the timescale? When's it looking like opening up? Uh, well, originally we were hoping to be open before Christmas, but that's not looking very practical anymore. So we're looking mm. at uh, as as soon as possible in the new year. Oh, cool, cool. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, I would love to be able to give you an actual date, but we uh, we're not at that stage yet. We've literally just got the keys and we're just getting in there to refurbish. So. We can't possibly give a date yet, I'm afraid. And how many, um, when you walked around, have you got, like, did you kind of, like, get plans in your head, oh, I'm going to put, I would like to put this here and like to put that there? Have you got a lot of input in how you want the layout to be and stuff like that? Or is that kind of uh, being decided more down by the directors? Um, I get a say in it, which is really, really nice. Oh, that's um, cool. And we have little management meetings and we discuss ideas and awesome. uh, things like that, plans. Brilliant. So, yeah. So, no date just yet, but it's no. almost like you've handed the keys. You yeah. might have to possibly go in and give the place a bit of dust. Oh, and yes. you hope you <laughs> hope there's not that horrible kind of wood chip wallpaper on the walls. Because that'll <laughs> potentially add about another two and a half months to even getting in. Mm. Um, which is horrible. It's a horrible thing. They should ban mm. it, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um... Obviously, one of the things that we we talk about on the show is um, we do um, we do shout outs. Mm-hmm. Now, um, yeah, normally, I mean, I'm not going to make you sit here while I give a whole shout out to a whole to kind of like a whole um, a whole group of people. So we're not going to do that. Um, but if people, I mean, for people who haven't, I mean, people who haven't heard about you guys. Um, mm-hmm. Why, I mean, why would, I mean, I guess, why should they come to Chaos Cards over, say, going to the likes of, like, you know, Amazon and stuff like that? Um, well, I would say, personally, um, we are a, actually a small business, which a lot of people don't realise. There seems to be this perception about us that we're some great big company, and we're really not. It's like 12 to 15 people in a warehouse, Doing well, all the work. You use the word chaos, so we're expecting a couple of hundred. <laughs> no, really otherwise, not. twelve's like a mild rabble. <laughs> yeah, we're a, we're a small business. It's it's a mm. bit strange to think about sometimes, to be honest, because we 
uh, the business has been going so well recently. It's it's mm. strange to sometimes think of ourselves as a small business, but mm. it really is what we are. Um, and we literally started off with um, Tony trading his magic cards from his kitchen, and it's <laughs> gone up go. from there. That's so awesome. it's you know it's been an amazing dream come true for him and and for everyone involved. And we we really appreciate all the custom that we get. And um, with that in mind, that's that's the kind of thing that we like to encourage uh, to to go to the small businesses over the great big conglomerates and keep you know keep people in their jobs keep people with their dreams um keep them still going mm. which is literally what chaos cards um has come from somebody's dream oh, that's cool if they want to find you mm-hmm. how would they find you if they wanted to they say they listen they says oh this is actually fun i'm going to go and check out some of them chaos card stuff where's, where's the best way to find you uh well we we're an online retailer so look for the website chaoscards.co.uk okay and you'll uh, find everything we sell there and you'll find um our, our blog and you can also find us on facebook and on twitter just look up chaos cards you'll find us pretty quickly and chaos cards your chaos cards is it just chaos cards on twitter or is it underscore chaos cards or anything like that? just uh, chaos cards thanks uh Chaos underscore cards. There you go. Just Twitter. in case, we'll put a link in the show notes, Ennis. You know, so um, so people can people can have a look. Um, cool. Okay. Um, if you want to track down what we're doing and what we're up to, then you can find us on Twitter and We're Not Wizards. You can go to Facebook and find us at We're Not Wizards. We are on Instagram at We're Not Wizards. We are on. Stitcher and um, iTunes as well and if you like what you hear tonight and you fancy giving us a little kind of review then that would be absolutely fantastic if you just search for us on iTunes under We're Not Wizards Um, obviously don't give us a 10 because that would make our heads too big and don't give us a 1 because that will make us cry but go in the middle a nice 5 stars is always very very nice Um, listen this has been um this has been very enjoyable. I hope um, I hope I've um, not talked too much nonsense, and I hope you <laughs> I hope you've had a bit of fun. Yeah, it's been lovely. Thank you very much for inviting no worries, me. No worries. Um, obviously, there is one more thing that I have to say, which mm-hmm. is before we sign off, is that to remember that we are many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, Tracy? No, not really. No, wouldn't you not really? <laughs> it's a binary yes, no. I'm telling you, I'm going to stop having guests on. Right, let's start. <laughs> Are we wizards? We're not wizards. Brilliant. Spoken like a true, a true prodigy. Um, <laughs> but until <clears throat> until next time, uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, and it's a goodbye from Tracy. Goodbye. And it is a goodbye from me. So, uh, goodbye, thank you for listening, and we shall speak to you very, very soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>